Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Blame It on the Aliens. I am your host, and I am back with another time slip glitch in the matrix episode this week. I loved the last episode, and if you haven't listened to the last time slip episode, definitely go back and listen. But without further ado, let's get into it. accidentally stumbled into a creepy, seemingly ghost town. Still cannot find it to this day. About three years ago, my boyfriend and I were big into urban exploring and driving around to explore the area we live in. We had just started dating at this point and had gone on previous adventures and escapades. However, Neither of us had ever had something like this happen before. On a cool autumn night, about a half hour before sundown, we were taking one of our usual explorative drives around our county. We were laughing and making jokes, driving around and trying to find abandoned buildings to photograph and explore. At some point, We had taken a back road that neither of us had noticed or been down before. As we drove down the road in an excited bewilderment of what we might discover, we came upon a very small town. And I say small town, meaning a row of dilapidated looking houses, an old convenience store, and a seemingly modern church. We started conversing, stating how neither of us had ever been to this little town or heard of it. While driving down the roadway, my boyfriend and I both noticed that there were no cars, no people, no lights, nothing indicative of people living there. As we passed the church, the roadway led out to a different road and there was a large pond directly in front of us. We began discussing how strange it was that the town seemed empty abandoned, almost as if it were a little ghost town. That's when we heard it. At that moment, the entire town was serenaded with extremely loud church music and church bells. My boyfriend and I both looked at each other with slight panic and confusion. We decided to get out of the car and walk around a little bit as the area appeared deserted. The music continued which I can only assume was coming from the church, but it filled the town with such an eerie ambiance. I walked towards the church and saw that there was no sign near the entrance. Ironically and creepily enough, the sign read, Pleasant Valley Church. At that moment, I got an unsettling feeling. As my boyfriend continued to walk around and look at the houses with a great amount of skepticism, I called out to him, Hey, I think we should probably go. My boyfriend jogged over and agreed. This is really weird. Let's get the fuck out of here. 
We both got back into the car and drove away from this strange, otherworldly town in silence. And after a few moments, my boyfriend broke the silence. Well, that was weird. I nodded and thought about how odd that experience had been. Maybe we should see if we can find the place again. Maybe it's just a weird little town and no one was home. Who knows? About a week or so later, my boyfriend and I went out on our adventure and drive around. We both decided to try and find the ghost town again. I can't tell you how many countless hours we spent driving around our county for months, tirelessly trying to find this place. We never did, and we still never have. Neither of us know or can really explain what happened that evening, but it always chills me to recount the story, knowing that this little town at the edge of the woods just seemed to disappear. The fog distorted time. I'll try to make this as short as possible, but I'll add some context first. It was three years ago this month. I was at the hospital with my 10-year-old daughter because my stepdad was dying and only had a couple days to live. I had been there all day, and at 10.40 p.m., my mom said, son, it's almost 11. Go home, get some sleep, and I'll see you in the morning. I said, okay, told everybody goodbye and headed for the parking garage. As I pulled out of the parking garage and grabbed my phone to call my wife and let her know that I was leaving, I noticed that it was exactly 11 p.m. The hospital is 58 minutes away and is almost exactly an hour from my house. The two-lane highway I took, I've been down a million times my whole life. I live in Southern Illinois, and it's the fastest way to get to Kentucky, where the hospital is. The first half of the drive is fairly flat, and then it is constant hills once you get to Shawnee National Forest. It's extremely rural, with no streetlights, stop signs, or traffic lights the whole way, except for one highway you drive over with a streetlight on the east side of the road, which is almost halfway to my house from the hospital. Anyway, me and my daughter were just driving over the Ohio River when I realized I really had to piss. With no gas stations or businesses until I get home 55 miles away, I decided that worst case scenario, I'll hold it until the halfway point with the streetlight, pull off the road, and take a piss. About 10 minutes into the trip, when I'm driving through a very straight section of the highway with cornfields on both sides, a really dense fog comes out of the east cornfield and completely covers everything. It was hard to see any further than 30 feet in front of me, but I couldn't see anything on the sides of me. It was like driving through a tunnel You can't see anything except forward. Because it was deer season, I wanted to be cautious, so I had my daughter sitting up and looking for deer from her side of the road just in case. After another 20 minutes or so, this 
really strong feeling came over me. It was pure confusion and panic. I felt lost. And I realized that I should have been to that streetlight by now, but I haven't even made it to the hilly parts of the road yet. So I asked my daughter if she's seen any lights on the side of the road. No. Have you seen any other cars? No. I haven't even seen any other houses. I told her we just couldn't see them because of the fog and kept driving. Didn't want to freak her out. Then I realized we're at least 45 minutes into this trip and we haven't seen any cars, lights, and the road has been straight this entire time. So we must be lost. I pick up my phone to call my wife when the fog suddenly breaks and my confusion goes through the roof. When I realize we're just outside a small town about 10 to 15 minutes away from my house. While the town is on the way home, we never went up a single hill or around a curve. One curve on the way is almost 90 degrees and the speed limit around it is 45 miles per hour. So there's no way to miss it. I spent the last 10 minutes driving home trying to rationalize what had just happened. The scariest explanation I've come is that I fell asleep and somehow managed to drive 45 miles up and down steep hills and around sharp curves with my daughter in the car next to me. As bad as that made me feel, it gave me some kind of relief because it gave me an explanation of what had just happened. That all changed once I got home. I parked the car, got the kiddo and her stuff, and was walking in the door to tell my wife sorry it took so long. Except when we walked in the door, she had a shocked look on her face and said, how did you get here so fast? Thinking she was being a smartass, I said, sorry, it was a weird drive. There was really bad fog and I couldn't see anything most of the way and that's why it took so long. Her. What do you mean? It took so long. I just talked to you on the phone 20 minutes ago when you called me and said you were leaving. Me. That was over an hour ago. I called you at 11 o'clock. Her. Babe, I know, but it's 11.20. I looked up at the clock and it was 11.20. Checked my phone, 11.20. Went to the kitchen and checked the stove, 11.20 checked my phone again, and I did call her at 11. I was freaked out, so I pulled her outside and quietly explained to her what had happened so my daughter didn't hear anything and her become as freaked out as we were. We couldn't come up with any explanation, so we go to sleep because I had to be back at the hospital as early as possible. We never spoke about it again. We just forgot about it overnight. I didn't even remember it happening the next day. And then, just about a week ago, all that changed. I was telling my wife about the comment I read on here about a girl and her parents road tripping, coming up on some dense fog. They were lost. They stopped at a gas station they'd never seen before, but some weird guy there just kept telling them to leave. 
Something about the story seemed really familiar to me. And then, out of nowhere, my daughter says, Dad, that reminds me of that creepy fog we drove through when Papa was in the hospital. I asked her what fog, and as she was telling me in detail what happened and how she was scared because how freaked out I looked, it all just came to me. I remembered everything, which really freaked me out that I had forgotten what had happened since it all just came back to me all at once. We talked about it and we both remembered it was the same. The both of us had the same encounter. The only exception being was she told me the look on my face scared her because she knew something was wrong when I thought I played the tough, fearless dad role to a T. I know it happened three years ago, but since I forgot about it, somehow I've only had a week to analyze it. The only things I have ruled out was the time changing. Where I live and where the hospital are, both are in the same time zone. My stepdad died in October and time didn't change until November. I honestly have no explanation for what happened, but I've thought about it every day since I remembered it a week ago. I experienced a time slip for the first time in my life. This actually happened only a couple of days ago. I live in Prattsburg, New York, US. Just talking about this story makes me want to piss my pants. Anyways, let's start. It was an average night in my hometown. I just got done eating dinner and I was feeling awfully tired. It was only 8.06, but I decided to go to bed early anyways. I slept really good and I woke up about seven. I noticed something strange outside my window, almost as if the buildings in my neighbor's houses were slightly different color. Then again, I did just wake up. I decided to have some Cheerios. I went to go get some milk from my fridge. However, I was out of milk. What the hell? I said to myself loudly. I was a little angry that I was out of milk, but I decided to go to Dollar General to get some more. I own a motorcycle and a car, and I decided to just take my motorcycle. Maybe some fresh air will help wake me up. When I got to the intersection, I noticed that there were no stoplights. There were just those blinking lights or whatever they're called. There was usually stoplights here. I tried to shrug it off and continued my journey to the store. The thing that I noticed that was very odd is even though it was supposed to be morning, it looks like the sun was high in the sky, like in the afternoon. At this point, I was approaching the street Dollar General was on. And when I finally approached the store, I slammed on my motorcycle brakes. There was a construction site where Dollar General was supposed to be. At first I thought, did they tear the store down? Why would they? There was a construction worker over at the site so I parked my motorcycle on the side of the road and went over there, not caring if I get in trouble for trespassing. And this is how the conversation went. Construction worker, hey, 
You're not allowed around here. Me. Dude, why the hell are they tearing down Dollar General? Construction worker. Huh? How do you know this is Dollar General? Also, we're not tearing it down. We're building it. You need to get out of here now. This is authorized personnel only. This is not exactly how the conversation went, but it was something close to this. When I heard the construction worker say this, I almost fainted. I ran from the area, hopped on my motorcycle, and sped off back to my house. That's when I saw another car in my driveway. I legitimately felt like I wanted to be in a mental hospital. I didn't have my phone with me at all. I got back once again on my motorcycle and sped off the other direction towards Dollar General again. This time, when I arrived, the sky was dark and Dollar General was there. And there were cars and everything. Everything was back to normal now. I stopped on the side of the road and looked at Dollar General. I just had the thousand-yard stare when, out of nowhere, a state trooper came up behind me with his lights on. He got out of his car and told me that I was doing 65 in a 30. I told him my experience, and I tried to convince him as much as I can to believe me. He just looked at me and said, that's going to happen sometimes. I gave him my driver's license and everything, and he ran it through his computer and surprisingly didn't give me a ticket and just let me off with a warning. It looked like it was going to rain, so I went back to my house. This time, I asked a friend if he wanted to stay the night just in case something like this happens again. He stayed the night, but nothing happened. Ever since this occurrence, I always want someone to stay the night at my house out of fear that I might go through this again. It was extremely scary. Please share your thoughts, and if you don't believe me, it's fine. I don't have control over your beliefs. I believe I went through a wormhole or portal and teleported over a mile the other night. It was snowing heavily when I left work one week ago. My drive home is about 40 minutes long in clear weather, but this night, I drove about 20 miles per hour, 90% of the way, because I don't have a four-wheel drive vehicle and the roads weren't plowed yet and very slushy. I took the longer way home because it's mainly highway and the short way is a very curvy back road, which I wasn't comfortable driving on with limited steering capabilities. The snow was so thick, I could only see about 20 feet in front of my car and a few times, I would have pulled over and waited, but I couldn't be sure it wouldn't get worse while waiting, and my white car would blend in too well if a plow came. Anyways, I decided to just press onward. About three-fourths of the way home, there's an animal hospital on my right, followed by a state police station, then a huge hill. Not quite a mountain, but a big steep hill that I had been dreading driving up and down because I didn't know if my car would be able to overtake it without sliding out of control. So I was very, very aware of where exactly I was. I watched for the big green animal hospital sign, saw it slowly approaching and passed it. It should have been maybe 
10 to 20 more seconds before I passed the state police station on the same side. With its own lit sign by the road and streetlights on both sides of the road. I mean, I know the area very well and I knew exactly what I was looking out for because right after the police station, there's a very steep hill you cannot fucking miss. Well, this is where it happened. I'm on the phone, hands-free, with my fiance, and the call dropped as I'm passing the animal hospital. Creeping along at 20 miles per hour, I never accelerated to get up the hill and never braked to get down it either. Never passed a police station, no streetlights. About 20 seconds went by and I looked to my right and saw a row of very distinct houses. Only problem is, these houses are about a mile from where I was 20 seconds ago on the other side of this huge hill and much closer to home, about a full mile than I should have been. When I noticed what had happened, I began screaming from pure shock and amazement. I did not pass the police station or drive up and down a very steep hill. I completely skipped it all, just about a full mile in the span of about 20 seconds, which is impossible on a clear day. My fiance called me back right as I realized where I was, and she said she tried three times to call me back and got a busy signal two times. I honestly can't ever remember getting a busy signal on a cell phone, but I don't even pretend to know how all that works. I don't know if she believed me, but I told her everything anyways, because I had to tell somebody. I like to think that maybe it was some kind of intervention and saved me from a crash or something, but I don't know for sure. All I know is that I was very aware of my surroundings. I knew exactly where I was and how long it would take me to get from the animal hospital to the bottom of that hill. And 20 seconds is way too short of a time at 20 miles per hour. It's not dramatic like many other posts on here, but it's true. And I put everything I love on it, including my son, dog, and girlfriend's lives. I have no idea what happened and would love to hear from others if something similar has happened to them as well. I mean, I teleported about a mile in a snowstorm, right past the part of the road I was anxious about having to drive on in a heavy snow in about 20 seconds, going about 20 miles per hour. Intense confusion and freakout ensues. My friend and I went for a long walk in the woods, and when we came back, only 10 minutes had passed. My friend was staying over at my house for the weekend, and we decided to walk down to the pier at the creek. We left a little before noon and checked the time because her mom was picking her up at four, and we didn't want to get in any trouble. I am absolutely sure we left just a few minutes before noon instead of misreading the clock because the noon alarm sounded before we got to the road that went to the creek. The noon alarm was a loud siren that the fire department would test every Sunday at 12. I think it might have been on a timer because it always happened at noon. The only other use for the siren was for emergencies, like a tornado warning. 
We turned on the road that led to the trail to the creek, walked all the way there, messed around doing whatever it is that we did. That's the only part I don't specifically remember because it's not really that important and nothing strange happened. And then we went home. I think it's probably about three-fourths of a mile to the creek, but I'm not great at estimates. Regardless, we'd been gone for at least two hours. I've always been a very good judge of how much time has passed. So much so that when I'm cooking food, I don't even set an alarm. It's almost a magic power. I'm so good at it. But even if I was horrible at keeping time, it's quite a long walk and would have been impossible to do so in 10 minutes. When we returned from the creek, my mom looked at us and said, Oh, I thought you were going to the creek. We told her that we already did. And I don't think she argued because I was a weird kid and she was a busy mom who did all of her chores on Sundays. When we looked at the clock, it was 12.07. There is no way we could have walked all the way to the creek and back in 10 minutes. We spent our remaining four hours together trying to explain what had happened, and I still can't. It's not the weirdest glitch I've ever experienced, but I think it was my first one. Multi-witness time slip Recollection and theory. I don't speak publicly about this event, but after studying various accounts on this page for a few weeks, I thought I would add my story to the mix. In the summer of 2005, I was between my junior and senior year of college undergraduate. Me and one of my closest comrades, who I would dictate as Jay, took a day to do some sport climbing, beer drinking, and bouldering. Now, Jay and I were both fairly seasoned climbers, and we frequented the area of Jemez Springs, New Mexico. On almost any weekend, we were not tied up working. We both attend college in Albuquerque. Likewise, we had a tradition of using a certain filling station because the gentleman who worked there did not card us when we bought beer. We were both 20. Furthermore, we would frequent this filling station approximately 20 to 30 times a summer for beer and gas, but mostly beer. On this early July day, Jay and I were in the near vicinity of the filling station. However, we couldn't find the gas station. This was very unusual. We knew within inches the location of this filling station. After doing a few passes of the area, Jay drove his Tundra off the road to the area where the gas station was in the past. However, it simply was not there. Then it got weird. When we turned off the road, we went down about a one to two meter embankment and neither of us recalled the road being elevated to the station. Then, in the spot where we knew the gas station to be, The land was undeveloped and pristine. Jay stopped the vehicle and we both exited, looking around, scratching our heads. 
There were no power lines, no gas station, no car noises, no airplane noises, just an eerie and haunting quiet. After about two to three minutes of loitering, Jay and I decided we would just call the filling station. In 2005, we did not have quite the infrastructure for locating things on our cell phones, such as Google Maps and iMaps. However, you could Google a number and call if lost. And you guessed it, no cell signal. Now, not an uncommon occurrence in the wild whereabouts of New Mexico, but we both frequently called and texted our friends, girlfriends, and family whilst out on our climbing excursions and were not at a point where we had previously lost signal. And to make things just downright funky, right before Jay and I decided to leave and find the road, a lone jackrabbit coyly approached us from the south. Yes, we were so familiar with the area, we even had our bearings. The rabbit sniffed and approached cautiously and came to about 15 feet of Jay's tundra. Now, I have spent much time in wide open spaces and I have never, ever seen a rabbit exhibit that behavior, ever. Yeah, this could have been a friendly rodent looking to meet some grisly college-aged climbers, but it was just weird. After raising our eyebrows at one another in response to the rabbit incident, Jay and I climbed back into his tundra and hastily bolted in the direction of the road, east. And the weirdness thickened. There was no road, or so we could not find the road. We drove 100 to 150 meters east, no road. We backed up, drove north, no road. Our pace and attitudes were becoming frantic. This parallel dimensional charade lasted about five minutes. We were sweating, swearing, and losing our minds. Then out of a blur in our periphery, we found the highway. We were so ecstatic to find our refuge back to the society that Jay almost smashed a Honda minivan while eagerly swerving onto the road. Spent the rest of the afternoon quietly mulling over our thoughts at the base of the pitch we were going to climb. Needless to say, we did not climb. The entire episode lasted close to 10 minutes. And to further substantiate our testimony, both Jay and I hold graduate level degrees in the fields of physical science and healthcare. This event subsequently has led to my attendance of conferences related to physics, quantum mechanics, and I even attended a string theory workshop in Massachusetts. Though I'm not necessarily a believer in the string theory, but that's for a different page. Here's my two cents on what happened. Our scientific father, Einstein, discussed parallel universes and realities or perceptions thereof existing simultaneously, each dimension relative to the other in their version of space and time. I explain what happened to us as so. Space-time is like a tree and each branch represents a separate and unique dimension. Much like a tree, some dimensions are entirely similar and some are not. And like a tree, wind and environmental factors can affect the pitch, yaw, and attitude of the branches. Sometimes branches of a tree touch or become entangled. For the sake of this forum, we can call this a glitch. Jay and I were on a branch that glitched 
with another dimension, though similar, but entirely different and unique. As to the factors that cause the branches of the tree to glitch, we would have to travel down the rabbit hole of relativity, dark matter, and quantum physics, the fourth dimension, and the other odds and ends that I can't discuss in this media. However, this is the antidote that I used to describe our experiences. Where did I go? This has never made sense to me. And I think about it on occasion because I could never figure it out. It happened about 10 years ago. I don't want to say where I actually was, but it was a Midwestern town. It bothers me because it just doesn't make sense. I was driving through a city of about 200,000 people and my parents lived there. And the exit to get to their house was the last one before you left the city, driving east to west. I missed the exit and didn't want to swerve at the last minute because there was traffic on the interstate. But then I left the city and anyone who lives in a Midwestern town knows that once you get past the last exit, you can go for miles before you even get a place you can drive off on. So basically, I figured I'd just keep driving until I finally found a road to get off and turn around on. Anyway, I just keep driving. And then I saw those big interstate signs you see above you. They were all rusted. Without the signs, just the posts. I thought maybe it was due to road construction. I thought maybe I had missed a detour. But... At this point, I was paying attention because I needed to get around and turn back. But there weren't any places to turn around, so I just keep driving. It didn't make any sense because there weren't lights anymore and the road was getting worn out like it hadn't been paved in years. It just didn't make sense. I was kind of starting to panic because I didn't know where I was. I was sure that I didn't take a different route. The road started to get really old looking and the trees were dense, which didn't make sense because this is a place with few trees. I slowed down because I was honestly scared and confused as to where I actually was. I then saw some of those black and white roadblock signs just blocking the road. It didn't make sense. Again, why would they be the middle of the damn highway? They were just sitting there blocking the actual interstate. I thought maybe I had gotten off the interstate. So I stopped in the middle of the road thinking, okay, I'll just turn around. So I crossed the median and started to drive back. I felt lost, but I drove on the road and without any turns, I came back and was on the same damn interstate. I don't get it. I turned off the exit and drove right to my parents' house. I always was on the same road. I never turned off except for that exit. I asked my parents if there was some kind of road construction going on and they said not that they knew of. I was very confused and really worried. I mean, so bothered. I kept thinking about how I was probably so aloof that it was just a mistake and I probably drove 
off in a different direction. When I left to go home a couple of days later, I wanted to make sure. So I went back on the exact same interstate and drove the exact same direction. And it was fine. There were no roadblocks, no trees, no nothing. I never turned off. I was always driving on the exact same road. That interstate was not the same place. I don't know. It bothers me to this day. And I guess I wanted someone else's opinion as to what might have happened. P.S. I have no mental illness and I don't do drugs and I don't drink and drive. Family experiences a time slip and eats at a ghost diner. We used to own a racetrack in Ohio years ago, but we lived in Southeast Pennsylvania. You had to take the turnpike to get there in any reasonable amount of time. And one of the times my mother, my sister, and I were together to go meet my stepdad who was driving separately with the trailer to haul equipment. We got off at an exit after paying a toll and go off into a strip mall with a bunch of rinky-dink-looking buildings. Not dirty, just faded pastel colors. Didn't even look like there was a town nearby. They had a diner, though, and we hadn't eaten since we left, four hours before, so we stopped in. The food sucked and was completely tasteless. People stared at us the whole time, It wasn't dark like a cave, just not a ton of windows. There were some, enough for ambient lighting, like a Denny's if the power went out, that sort of thing. And an unreasonable number of people we noticed had bandages on them. The girl was the only person who said a word to us when she took our order and was also the one who rang us up at the end. We decided not eating was better than going back there. So we wrote down the exit in a little journal we'd been keeping in the glove compartment. So we knew not to make that mistake again. A couple of hours later, we get to the track and my stepdad asked how everything went. We said it was uneventful, but told him we'd recorded a real whopper for the journal and not to take the eggs that we'd marked because it was shitsville. He gets really excited and we're all kind of wondering why. He's actually said the words before, I hate eating. It takes too much time and gets in the way of me living my life. So our less than stellar review definitely wasn't a motivating factor. He tells us he thinks we ate ghost food and that the people in the diner were vampires. He wouldn't stop talking about it like for 10 minutes. And it was making my sister uncomfortable, so my mom did an abort face and tried logicking him away from it. We argue that the food has no reason to suck, that could have easily killed us, and nobody could recall ever seeing a movie where the wound, left by whatever bit the person to make them vampires in the first place, still existed on their body. He got less excited and left it alone. We have the race weekend, It's time to drive all the way back, and he asked me if I want to come with him, since he had to drive alone the way there. I say, sure. Two hours in, he pulls off. I think it's weird because we ate 
a gigantic fucking breakfast before we left, and I know he's anti-eating. I didn't recognize it at first coming from the other direction, but eventually it occurs to me he's going to the diner's exit. He wants to see it for himself. He stops to pay the toll, doesn't mention our story, and he asked if there's a diner at the exit to make sure he has the right one. You can't see it from the ramp. The guy says there was one, but it burnt down. Holy shit. Okay, so there weren't vampires, but what a fucking coincidence. We had just eaten there, and then right after, in the span of two and a half days, they have a freak accident. This almost intrigues him more than the supernatural bit, and I am 100% on board for checking it out. We drive over, same humdrum bullshit strip mall, except where we went to eat. It's just this charred mess. Not like with holes in it. It wasn't a wooden frame in pieces like a cartoon. You just could seriously tell there was damage. No vehicles, no tape. I'd assume they'd at least test it for being a crime. And they'd clean the area around it as well. We go to get back on the turnpike, and these poor toll guys are stuck in a booth hardly bigger than they are, so it's the same dude getting back on. Hard to explain, but it's a short ramp, straight road perpendicular to the turnpike, guy's booth, lots of straight, then you can take a turn into a strip, so you see him again and then fork back. Anyway, my stepdad's like, I thought you said there was a diner there. Guy says there was. Like I told you, it burned down. He asked if they'd figured out yet what caused it. Was it a grease fire or what? That kind of thing. And the guy says, yet? Yeah, I mean, it had to have been in the last two or three days. They didn't investigate it. It wasn't on the news. Then the guy says, oh, we know what happened. It was on the news when it happened, but eight years ago. It sounds ridiculous, and cliche, and there are tons of stories like it. I know what I saw. It was the same exit, the same distance from the road, the same building save for the one. I don't expect anyone to ever believe me, which is why I don't usually share it. Plus, there's no way to prove it because I moved to Florida by the time I was old enough to drive, and I don't have the exit number anymore. It was after Somerset, which I remember because of 9-11 and before wheeling. But that's almost an hour-long difference, so even that's no help. All that I really think happened is that that place burned down like a motherfucker while we were gone, and that guy's just an asshole. I don't think it burned down in the past, and I don't think I ate ghost food. But my stomach dropped like crazy, and it's still a weird coincidence, especially given how good a job they did cleaning up the site and how quiet everything was around it. It really did look lost to time. We ate at a weird restaurant with strange bandaged customers. My stepdad thought we'd gone to a vampire diner. We went back days later and found that it had burned down eight years before. (laughs) 
Strange Experiences in Yosemite National Park. This happened around August of this year. I'm not sure what we experienced or if there was anything paranormal about it, but whatever. So, this was a hike up to the Half Dome. We had a campground about 20 minutes drive away from the trailhead, and the group was composed of me, 18-year-old Mel, my uncle, 32-year-old Mel, and my uncle's friend. I'll call him D. There were two girls with us, but they aren't relevant to the story. My uncle and his friend are both Christians, so there were no substances consumed that could induce the feelings I will be talking about. We get to our campsite, set up camp, and go to sleep after eating. We plan to wake up at 4 and start the hike at 4.30. I randomly woke up at 3.30 a.m., like completely wide awake, and look out of my hammock. And I remember feeling this odd feeling as if I was woken up by something. And I remember looking out of the moonlight The moon was very bright for some reason. And thinking to myself, it looks like a dream. I lay back in my hammock but can't go to sleep and end up waking my uncle and his friend up at 3.50. My uncle asked me, were you walking around last night? This is important. And I say, no, and ask why. He says he woke up for some reason and could hear someone walking around. Not like an animal, but a person. I say, huh, weird. And we brush it off. We get to the trailhead around 4.30, and as everyone is unloading from the car, Dee says he's going to go to use the bathroom. I walk behind him for some time before falling behind and waiting for my uncle, who forgot something in the car. The short, straight road from the parking lot runs directly into a T intersection with the road to the trailhead, and the bathroom is directly across from the intersection through the field a little. Those who have been there know what I'm talking about. We get to the intersection and wait for Dee to come out of the bathroom. We wait about 10 minutes before I decide to go in and check the bathroom, and he isn't there. I get back to my uncle and tell him that, And he says, weird, maybe he went back to the car or something, and we decide to wait a bit more. By 5.10, we begin worrying. My uncle goes to check the car while I wait at the intersection to make sure we don't miss him if he went down the road from the trailhead. My uncle returns, says he isn't there either. We decide maybe he went up to the trailhead without us for some reason, and walk up there in about 10 minutes. He isn't there either. We are kind of baffled now because there are no other logical places he would go. I just tried to run back and check the car and bathroom again. I meet him halfway before I get to the intersection. He is sweaty and disheveled with a weird look in his eyes. I say, where have you been? He says that he went to the bathroom and when he got back to the intersection, that we weren't there and that he just assumed we went to their trailhead and started walking and then met me. 
I say, what do you mean? We waited at the intersection for over half an hour and checked the car, the bathroom, and trailhead, and you weren't there. He says, I don't know. I mean, I just went to the bathroom. He then asked me where my uncle is, and I say, at the trailhead. And he asked me again. I tell him, and know that it was weird that he asked me twice. As we're crossing the bridge to the trailhead, he sees a light off the riverbank and exclaims, oh, maybe that's him. And I just look at him and keep walking. I thought his behavior was very strange, like he wasn't thinking straight. We finally get on with the hike and it goes by as normal, except that we seem to keep losing things, such as my uncle's small red flashlight, one of the girl's gloves, a water bottle, etc. It's like we just simply forgot about the items and couldn't remember where we could have left them. On the way back, it got dark and we turned on our flashlights. And as we near the end of the hike, after the two waterfalls, it begins to seem as if we've been walking for way too long. My uncle also confirms this, asking me, doesn't it seem like it's just taking way longer to get back? I say, yeah, I was just thinking that. We keep walking, but it still seems we're not making any progress. I've been on that trail many times, and as I was walking, I couldn't spot any familiar landmarks. It was weird. There was this odd feeling in the air, sort of a slight menacing feeling. It's hard to describe. I remember thinking, it feels like the woods are alive. We remark three more times about how long the hike is taking and begin to laugh at it because it felt so ridiculous. After a bit, we finally and suddenly find ourselves on the final stretch and make it back to the car. Now, all of this seemed odd at the time, but I just brushed it off. I only realized how weird those events felt after we got home and my aunt asked my uncle, were you camping? And he says, yeah, how'd you know? As we didn't tell them we were going since it was kind of last minute, she says that she had an odd dream where she sees my uncle in a tent in a forest somewhere and someone is outside of his tent. She says she couldn't see who it was, but knew there was a presence there. She says she woke up around three and had the strong urge to pray for him, and she did. My uncle kind of looks at me after that and is like, are you hearing this shit? I honestly don't know what to make of all of this, but I wanted to post it here to get your opinions. Lost in the Woods little background info first. I live in rural Michigan where hunting and fishing are an everyday part of life for a lot of people, myself included. I've been a very active outdoorsman, hunter, fisher, and just general walk in the woodser for a large majority of my 26 years. There are very few situations out in the woods I'm uncomfortable with, but this is definitely one of them. It was mid-August, 
which is when most people begin to scout new hunting spots before the October deer season. I had started to take a look at some public hunting land online and eventually found an area I wanted to go check out. Cell phone GPS service is usually non-existent when going into these places, so I mapped out where I would go looking at the GPS beforehand. There was a few distinctive landmarks that would make it easy to find my way out there. Follow the river to the first clearing, face west, and walk until you hit the pine tree line. Simple enough. I get to the parking area, check my cell phone, which has no service, load up my backpack with water and survival supplies for worst case scenarios and get on my way. Down into the valley, cross the creek, walk up the hill on the other side and I find the river to start following it. I begin to follow the river for approximately 20 minutes, sticking tight to it as to not lose my way. This is where it gets weird. After 20 minutes of sticking tight to the river, I feel like it's taking longer than expected to get to the first clearing. I pull out my phone on the off chance I have a signal and can check my location. No signal. Check the time, 4.12 p.m. I put my phone back into my pocket, look up suddenly, and I'm no longer standing by the river. I'm standing somewhere I've never seen and the river is nowhere in sight. I'm staring at a no trespassing private property sign with a very unnerving feeling taking over. Check the phone, 4.12 p.m. Trying to remain as calm as possible because I have no fucking clue what just happened. Okay, locate the sun, figure out where you are. The river is to the east, head east. I'm panicking in my head at this point. What the fuck happened? There's no way I walked that off course. I was standing at the river. How did I get here? I eventually find my way back to the river and make the decision to continue my walk to scout the area. I find the area I wanted to scout and make it back to my truck afterwards without issue. I still can't shake the feeling though. What the fuck happened out there? I get back home and began to look at the area on Google Earth. I find the bend in the river I stopped at, so I drop a pin and begin to search where I ended up standing, 600 yards away. I had somehow wound up over a quarter mile away in the blink of an eye. No time had passed, as if someone or something had picked me up and dropped me at a new location. No explanation, but that feeling is unescapable, even as I type this. A glitch I've been meaning to post for a while. In all my life, I've never had an experience that I've been unable to explain. As far as I can remember, I've longed for something majorly creepy or mind-melting to happen to me, though I assumed my life would carry on being normal and I'd never get to feel that sensation. So, anyway. Last year, I had been talking to this girl for a while and she wanted me to come to her house in Liverpool. So, I took the train to Preston and from there, took the second train down to Liverpool. 
The journey was pretty boring. Nothing special happened and I just listened to music. I got there, was a little shy, and within the hour, we were having some fun. Spent around three days banging and chilling in bed before it was time to go. She wrote me a note explaining that she'd had a really good time and that she'd like to see me more often. However, this never came to fruition. The journey home was a lot less boring as it was close to Eid, an Islamic celebration similar to Christmas. There were a lot of young Muslims on the train. They were sprinting up and down carriages, drinking big bottles of vodka, and generally having a good time until one of them decides he's partied too hard and spews all the way across the width of the carriage I'm sitting in. This smells disgusting. Although it was really quite funny when his mate slipped in it and got vomit all up his back. People came and went as the train stopped in different places. And as you do when on public transport, I was looking at all the different things that would go on around me. An awkward kid who moved up for a good-looking lass who had nowhere to sit. A young couple that were in and out of the toilets shouting about their night's antics. After my stop in Preston, I quickly rushed onto my next train. Once again, we made frequent stops and I continued to analyze people that got on and off. Then, a new passenger really caught my eye. This guy was big, and I mean obese big. He shuffled onto the train, lugging a big two-liter bottle of Pepsi, and plonked himself down on a seat a row in front of me. Facing my way, but with a row of seats covering most of the view, I stared into the window, gazing at his reflection. He wore a red t-shirt covered in stains from what I assumed was last night's dinner and that bottle that he carried. His stench followed soon after a putrid reek of sweaty genitalia, off-meat and microwaved cheese. His hair was long and unkempt, with sweat beads dangling from each strand, and he had a look of chimley from Pawn Stars about him. As I thought more and more about what his story might be, where he'd be getting off at, and where his life would take him after this journey— we met eyes in the rain-soaked reflection of the train window. I quickly looked down at my phone, pretending to text as not to cause him any offense. I left it a good five minutes before the urge to look up again got the better of me. He was still staring. This carried on for half an hour at least before he arrived at his destination and shuffled back off the train, taking his soft drink with him. My eyes followed him as he reached the top of the stairs. He turned around one last time and looked dead into my soul, as if he knew what I was doing. A bit creeped out, my journey carried on, as my stop was at the end of the line. Colney. It took me a while to shake the feeling, but after the coming and going of plenty more faces, I quickly forgot the event. I literally ate stops up the line, and bear in mind that this took around an hour in the train, which would have been around double the time in a car. The same fucking guy gets on again. My jaw dropped. I was in disbelief. 
how the fuck did this guy get here? Why did he get off of the train just to get back on again in basically a different country? I did a double take multiple times. The same red t-shirt, the same scraggy hair, the same fucking Pepsi bottle. There was just no explanation for this at all. And to this day, I still try and work it out sometimes, but I can never reach a reasonable conclusion. A teleporting fat guy got off a train to get back on it further down the line in an impossible amount of time and for no apparent reason. A weird childhood memory. I repeat this memory in my head on quite a regular basis. It's definitely one of those things you'll just never forget. So when I was quite young, probably around six to seven years of age, I went to a bar or restaurant with my mom and grandma in the middle of the day. Everything was normal. I have vague memories of having food, etc and the layout of how the inside of the restaurant looked. It was an old building that had obviously had refurbishments, etc., but still had that classic look. But anyway, when we had finished up and we were going to leave, I needed to use the bathroom. So I went, but upon leaving the bathroom, I was somewhere else. There were poles with burlesque women dancing and it looked like nighttime from outside. The restaurant itself looked similar, but in a different time period, dark red lighting. I panicked and ran for the exit and everything went back to normal as I went through the door. I was greeted by my mom and grandmother outside and my mom says she remembers me panicked from that day, but just put it up to childish behavior. I remember looking back into the restaurant after it had happened and it was all normal again, like it was before. But this memory is 100% real and will forever be ingrained in my brain. Did I enter a time slip? A door into a past time? Was it a glitch in the matrix? I'm interested to hear anyone's thoughts or theories on this as I think it might be the best sub for it. We lost two hours of our day and can't account for it. Mark, my husband, and I decided to make a quick trip to Walmart for a few things while my daughter kept an eye on my son at home. We leave the house at 4.30 p.m., make it to Walmart, which is 10 minutes away, and spend no more than 20 minutes grabbing a few items and waiting in line. We check out, then head back to the car. And on our way back home, we thought to stop at McDonald's two minutes from Walmart, to grab a bite for the family. I was pregnant, and McDonald's was my craving. We live close to a military base, so 5 to 6 p.m. traffic can get backed up in the area. To our surprise, the roads weren't busy, and it was fairly quiet. At this point, we're confused and kind of concerned. Now, we're wondering if something happened where people needed to seek shelter. 
We live in a town where tornadoes happen often. So I look at the sky for clues and notice the sun is close to setting, but nothing hinting bad weather. I tell Mark to look at how dark it's gotten and he goes, oh shit, the lights are on. What the fuck? I look over and could tell he was thinking really hard. We have now pulled into McDonald's drive-thru where there is a line, still baffled. I pick up my phone to call my daughter and notice the time is a little after 7 p.m. I pause before making the call, look at the clock in the car, which is very dim, by the way, to confirm the time. I kept repeating something was up. I call my daughter and ask her how long has it been since we left, and she says a few hours. I don't make a big deal as I didn't want to freak her out. I rush my husband to place our order so we can get home to the kids ASAP. I'm now shuffling through my purse to find our Walmart receipt for the timestamp. And as I expected, it says we checked out at 5.08 p.m. Mark has been quiet since he noticed the car lights were on and we pull into the house at 7.35 p.m. It's near dark. And I sit in the car with my door open as my husband unloads the car and heads to the kids. I can see our front door from the driveway, relieved my kids are okay, but afraid to make a scene because I'm still freaking out, mentally piecing together a timeline of the past two to three hours, desperate to make sense of what happened. My husband returns and we're both now sitting in silence. He looks at me and says, I don't know, babe. I'm just glad we're home. This was two years ago. We talk about it every now and then, as we did tonight. I'm usually the one to bring it up. I just couldn't go to bed, so I started Googling away, and it brought me here. A post made in 2019, a year after my experience. The OP experienced a similar situation, but most people suggested he or she may have had a seizure. I can definitely rule out a seizure in my situation. That's all I know. Honestly, I'm not sure what I'm looking for, but I'm still looking. This literally just happened a half an hour ago. I just lost a full hour this morning. My fiance works 10 minutes down the road. I dropped her off at work this morning at 9.06 a.m. I looked directly at my car radio when she got out of the car. Then I simply drove the 10 minutes back home and our baby boy was in the back seat playing with his toys. Nothing strange, no events, nothing. And when we walked in the front door of my house, it was 10.30 a.m. I'm at a complete total loss. Something in my brain has been subconsciously but actively trying to delete any thoughts about this event as well. As it didn't even click that something isn't right until about five minutes ago when I checked the time on my phone and it should not under any circumstances have taken a full hour to get from her work to our house. It seems almost like subconscious is actively trying to downplay or completely shut off any red flags about this morning. 
and keep me from thinking too much about it. I should have gotten home by 9.30, the latest. Absolutely not at 10.30 a.m. Reddit, please give me a logical explanation as to what happened here. To elaborate and alleviate any doubts as to what had happened, mentally speaking, I know I didn't sit in my car for an hour because I was listening to a Pet Cemetery, the audiobook, and I remember everything that happened to the point where I unplugged my phone from my stereo in my car and I double-checked that, and it only played for 10 minutes while I was driving. So that's absolute evidence, proving without a doubt that I drove for 10 minutes and not an entire hour, like my clock says I did. There's a construction crew digging up the driveway of my house right now as well. So I had to park my car off the side of the driveway, which doesn't take any extra time. And if I had sat there after parking, someone would have surely noticed me just staring into space for an hour. That definitely didn't happen either. I also have my 10-month-old son with me today, and he hates car rides and would have flipped the fuck out on me for sitting here in the car for an hour, which he didn't. I picked him up and went straight inside. I have no idea how or why a whole hour is missing. What do you guys think? This experience is really starting to fuck with me. That concludes this episode. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this time slip series part two, I guess. And I'm sure there will be a part three at some point. And if you have not already rated me five stars on either Spotify or um, Apple podcast, please, please, please do. If you're enjoying the show, I would really, really appreciate it. And for those of you who already have, I see you and I thank you so much to those of you who gave me permission to read your stories off, off of Reddit. Thank you. Thank you. And if you have any of your own stories that you would like to share with me, even if they're creepy in general, glitchy in general, or just whatever, send them my way at blameitonthealiens at gmail.com or click the voice voice message um, link in the description of the show notes and send a voice memo and I would love to feature it on the show. Thank you again, guys. And I will be back next Sunday with another creepy episode.